Hey everyone, and welcome back to Access Point Podcast, a podcast brought to you by existentialists and tired high school teenagers. Today we're going to be talking about high school and how school has really changed in our dynamics. This year has been kind of different, especially since many schools have moved in, uh, have moved more towards an online school format. However, when we are approaching second semester, we see a lot of schools actually trying to take the more hybrid approach. So that's what we're going to be talking um, about today. And uh, talking for today, we have our principal, Dr. Ahern. Dr. Ahern, would you please like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Kevin Ahern, principal at Monta Vista High School. I'm really happy to be here today. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Ahern. And for this week's drink, Zoe. Yes. Well, of course, I'm a retired high schooler, so I have a lavender latte. Two shots of espresso. (laughs) For me today, I have an Arizona watermelon uh, iced tea. It has antioxidants, so you know it's healthy. Got to keep the grades up somehow. (laughs) All right, so into today's topic today, um, I think we want to start about like where we as students are at right now, right? Like what's worked, what hasn't worked so far in the school year. Like we've been on online school since about halfway through second semester, Mm -hmm. uh, March of last year. So Zoe, how have you been seeing online school going for you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of teachers have been asking for feedback, and it's weird because most of my classmates, I find, have negative feedback, but I think I love learning from home because I get to sleep a lot more. I get to sleep during lunch, too, so it really saves time for me. Esten, what about you? Yeah, I would have to agree. Like, I live quite a ways away from school. Like, it's a long commute for me. So, I mean, like, I cut down that commute, like, on the way there, on the way back, but also my mom pushed drive there and back and there and back again. So, I guess we save a lot of time with the commute. Um, also, like you said, the whole aspect of sleep and just learning from the, comf- like, just in the comfort of my own room, however that may be affecting my classes. Yeah. And also, Any- huh? Go ahead. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of people are worried about not being able to see their friends or whatever, but I I feel more connected to them now because we can talk whenever we want to instead of just like meeting up at school and like saying hi during lunch or something. Right, definitely going to have to agree with that. I mean, I think a large aspect as to why a lot of people are choosing to go the hybrid route as opposed to just staying fully remote is because they want to have that more social aspect of school back, but like I mean, in California, at least, I think we're like code purple at this point from like a whole bunch of counties. So that's pretty dangerous. Oh, yeah. I actually wanted to ask about that. Um, are we going to, are proceedings going to be any different now that Contra Costa is purple? So, so basically, we, we were going to follow along the same procedures we've had in place as of right now. So, so like, for example, after school activities, we're, we're going to be able to resume when we get back from, um, from um, um, Thanksgiving break. So we had those small group activities. There were some there were some limits, but we're not going to have to go back to purple restrictions like we had during the uh, during during summer. So it's a little bit a little bit different approach. I was actually surprised by that. We got all kind of panicked for a minute because when we went to purple, so we kind of shut everything down um, for for a couple of days. But so that that piece will still be open. In addition, because we've already started school, we can continue make, making progress in the hybrid in the hybrid model. So essentially, you know, we the plan is to open up on on June 5th. Oh, sorry, June 5th, January 5th, for the June 5th, like that's a long ways off. January 5th, um, and for the for students in hybrid, and and you know our teachers are preparing for that, and and that's still the plan that's been laid out by our board and by our superintendent, and we're going to continue to work to execute that. 
um, from the standpoint of, of whether there's an actual return to school, that's going to be up to the, we work with county health, it's up to county health. They, they will direct our board and our superintendent and then we'll make a decision um, based upon those recommendations. But right now, the plan is still full steam ahead. We're going to head, we're, we're planning on that January reopening. Is there like any chance, like even after we reopen for hybrid that like it would have to be like shut down? I mean, again, the health department could say, you know, on, on January 6th, <laughs> you know, hey, we're, we're, we're shutting down for, for all full remote. We're shutting, and then again, there'll be, like in March, there'll be a board meeting where there's a conversation about what our decisions are, and we might have an emergency shutdown based upon the recommendations of the health of the county health. So basically, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be very careful about any type of reopening because we are going to have to follow those steps. And so, um, and so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's exciting to be able to see people back in campus again, even though it's going to be not to the degree that we've um, that we normally have. But at the same time, it is nice to just to see students on campus. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see how how things play how things play out. But ultimately, it comes down to is, is that is that we have some flexibility, even though we're in the purple, to um, to reopen school in that hybrid mode. It is going to be, have an effect on. I mean, classrooms already mapped out to only accommodate so many students, but because of because of um, you know county health regulations, we only need we have to have um, six feet between students and classrooms. And that's really the limiting factor of how many students that can be in a classroom. And that's kind of been the, the, the ongoing, ongoing formula we've been working with over the last couple, um, a couple months as we planned out the January reopening. Right. Uh, with that being said, like, how do you think the new dynamics is going to work with like two systems going on at once, especially for those teachers? Like I take Japanese, mm -hmm. um, like she has to teach three different classes during one period, mm -hmm. but like, some kids may opt to go in person and like she would have to be teaching like online and in person at the same time like how would that work okay so we, so we have so i'm going to kind of create this like two parallel universes with, with with something in between okay so essentially we have two mutually exclusive systems we have the remote learning component and we have the hybrid learning component remote stays remote so if someone were to choose remote they're going to stay remote for the rest of the school year um for people who choose hybrid the intent is to come back on campus, but it's also designed for people to kind of move on and off campus. So if there was a shutdown, they'd be able to, they have to we can still be in remote, but that, but we'll be remote with that group. And so, um, but in between, we have what we call singleton courses, and that's Japanese is a great example of that. And singleton courses are going to use something called video conferencing, where, um, where a teacher will have students in the classroom. In addition to that, they will also have students who are remote. And they'll be, that, that's one of the reasons why we, we feel we're able to keep those singleton classes as electives that people really, it, it helps students come to school. That one thing. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I hope, I hope that Japanese is, is, is the course that gets you out of bed in the morning. I don't know, but I mean, a lot of people who, whether it's choir, or band, or, or or engineering or whatnot, these courses are really important to them, and we want to make sure students continue to access them. And as a result, that video conferencing component is very important because it doesn't matter what whether you choose hybrid or remote, you still get that course. And so, that's that's an example of how um, um, how Japanese how, how the Japanese teacher would be able to work with the students. It is complicated. It is, it, it, we have a we have a, a video feed going on, and, and it's a it'll be a learning curve for the teachers to really learn to learn how to work in that medium. I know that in a way they're doing it now, but it's very different when you have students in front of you. And we've gone through several different kind of demonstrations about how that might look. And I know that our staff is working really hard and creating some training for um, for our teachers as well as our districts, creating some training for our teachers to really help them grasp all the nuances that go along with video conferencing. All right, that's good to hear. Um, but like, you know, there's other, I was going to ask a question, mm -hmm. go ahead. Um, does, do our schools have a backup plan in case we do have to have an emergency shutdown? 
like I said, the backup plan is remote's remote, right? And so, and so we, and they'll continue much like they are right now with the possibility of changes in classes. Hybrid students will just retreat back into remote. It's just that those, will, and then the, the the video conferencing people will still get it's very much like they have now. So, so, so it'll look a lot like now, except for the fact that we have two distinctly different groups, with one having the ability to go back on campus if the if the situation arose where. Um, we, they went to a lockdown or whatever, or shelter in place, we to call it, and then and then um, and then there was a return to campus a, a few weeks later, a month later, or whatnot. They could return in hybrid, and then in back in fact, if things got really good, then they'd actually be able to, to, to return full time. But remote needs to remain remote. That's the that's the difficult piece, and and so that that's, that really makes the decision difficult when people were making that binding decision with their families. Is that this is something that's going to take us over into June, and. Um, is this something that we're gonna um, that we're gonna want to hang on to as 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 things either get better or worse? Right. I was uh, curious about that actually. So if school were to shut down and everybody were to retreat back onto mm -hmm. online, would the kids who originally signed up for hybrid would they get a new option to go like online again, or are they stick with hybrid if school were to reopen? Yeah, so again, school if you choose hybrid and we you retreat back into remote, right? And then if, if when if, and we get the green light from the county to to reopen again, then they would they would go back on campus. Back on the same schedule that we plan on, on implementing on the fifth. So, uh, so it's basically, it's designed to have those shifts. I think that it, it, when we originally set up this, this, the system we have now, it was designed to be to be hybrid. You know, to be able to move from from um, from fully remote to hybrid to full to full school. And one and there were a lot of a lot of feedback in, in doing in doing a lot of the town halls that our superintendent um, was doing, where a lot of people just were uncomfortable coming back to school at all. So the idea came around that we need to do these two separate systems because we have people who are really adamant about returning to school and other ones not so much. And so as a result, um, you know, we want to be able to make sure we're giving high, high amount of high levels of education for, for people with, with, you know, both feelings. It's a really hard decision because it's, it is, it is scary out there. And, 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 you know, I mean, I, I feel confident walking around with a mask, you know, in, in Costco or, or, um, or, or, you know, walking around school, but I also, you know, don't, I don't walk around <laughs> many other places, you know, because, because it's just, you know, you want to make sure you're safe. And so, I think there's different degrees of how you want to keep yourself safe, and and, and at the same time is how willing are you to put your out, put yourself out there, and that's so there's kind of a balance there if you think about it. Right, and when you say like school comes like fully back together, is that just the hybrid kids, or like everybody's at campus? At the that would be just the, just the hybrid kids for this year. So so the the students who choose hybrid would be the ones who could, who could do a full return to school. Remote will stay remote. That's the that's that again that, that's that's what a lot of people I had a lot of conversations about. You know, what that would look like and, and, and how, 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 how adamant will be that they'll be about that. And, and the problem is, is that let's say, let's say everything got really good in April. Okay. And, and so, so, you know, we have the full return by hybrid students coming back. And then all of a sudden we have the, this, all the students coming, want to come in from remote. We've now created two separate master schedules. So we can't, we can't put it all back together again. We're already, we're already taking the existing master schedule and, and fracturing it into, into two pieces it'll be extremely difficult to put it back together again. So that's, 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 that's the dilemma there. There's a logistical problem that doesn't work. That's why we have to create those two mutually exclusive systems. Okay, I wanted to ask why, why you're planning, why schools are planning to reopen mm -hmm. when they closed back in March when there were like so many less cases. So I, I, I think that, that there, we, I think the idea is, is we want to make sure that, that we're really meeting people's needs. I mean, there are students who've done really well in the remote and for a lot of reasons. And it is kind of funny where you mentioned like getting to sleep at lunch. Like I think about when you were in kindergarten, nap time there never was a go. Everyone wanted to stay up and you couldn't, but, but when you were a teenager, you could really use that nap time. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But on the but on the other hand, is we also have students who have not done well, have, have really struggled in in this. They struggle with just being separated from peers. They separate they separate separate from their teachers, and they need that that contact. And even that one day in that rotating block would be something that'd be worthwhile. And so as a result, I, I think that having, being able to offer both is extremely important. And if so, do you do you happen to know like what point the, the county would plan on shutting down schools? Like how no many idea. kids? That, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is the county. They're gonna make their own decisions about how they how they wanna how they want to proceed. That's that is not that is not in my purview. I mean, it's funny where I, where, where you know, I, I, it's funny. I'm, I'm a doctor, but but I have, I have a doctorate, but I couldn't prescribe you an aspirin. It's like I just kind of, you know, it's, it's all academic on this end. Right. So let's just say like trends hopefully continue to get better uh, mm -hmm. by the next school year. What do you think like our district's plan is looking like? I mean, I think that if everything got really got better and and close to what we want to call normal. I think that that we would go back to a, what we would consider a, a normal, comprehensive high school. You know, that would be that would be the intent. However, I also in this in this experience, um, have found that there's a number of things. The factors we want to we want to be able to make sure we meet. One is is that, is that is that there are students who might want to have a complete remote experience and still have the ability to come after school and participate in activities and so on. So we have to think about is that something we want to be able to provide um, through through Monta Vista. Um, what about the online work that we've done? I mean, teachers have, who I've been, this is something we've been nagging them about for years, also they had to do it, is that, um, is that do we need a robust online presence so students can access classes if they miss and then the work's right there in a Google, Google Classroom, um, that there needs to be more work done with tech. So as opposed to, you know, giving paper assignments to have a, to have a go formative or other type of assessment that students can access via a device is much more efficient and much, much better way to get consistent feedback because, you know, it's, it's one thing when you, when you have a stack of hundred papers, you have to mark off, you have to mark off all of a sudden it's something that can be generated for you. It creates a much better feedback loop for students to really show that they understand material. So there's, there's a lot of factors that play in. So I think there's a tech component that we're going to have, that we're going to be talking about with a return to school. There's that remote component. And then there's the ability of teachers to really fully embrace the, the, um, the educational technology that's out there to really help help the students' experiences. And, make, and, uh, and the other piece is make assessments, make assessments think, and, and projects more authentic because you know, very, there's very few jobs that'll say, hey, do these math problems. There are, like accounting or something like that. But at the same time, is, but it's about problem setting and problem solving. You know, how, how can we apply the things we learn into, into something that's meaningful? And that's, really a, that's, that's a really hard, hard hill to climb for a lot of people because we really, um, we really, um, um, I'm oh sorry. I have two puppies, so it's my my wife is, is is talking to my dog right now. <laughs> must have had an accident. So, um, um, so but anyway, so, so the idea of getting people's heads around the idea that it's just not about points all the time. It's what students can do, and that's and 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 I think about like this being this podcast, the fact that you've taken your time, your time, this, this kind of weird time and created this. This is really this is this is amazing. This is what this is what I I love about. You know that, that we give a little time and you, and you can and you can make something out of it. That's that's something that makes it worthwhile and something that you feel passionate about, and excited about. This is cool. So I, I, this is a perfect example of what we should be doing more of. Thank you. Um, I while you were talking, like that plug, I, right? Huh? You like that plug, right? <laughs> that, that's definitely. You know, that's, that's, that's good. That's <laughs> um. So while you were talking, I realized kind of like a stupid question. If we're going back or if students are going back in person, will they be given like physical assignments, like paper to be graded? I mean, I mean, in theory, but I, but I have not, 
um, I have not um, um, given them. I'm not. For example, our copy machine is 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 right now laying unused. You know, we don't we don't we don't we've not created a budget for paper. So my so I'm I'm encouraging teachers to keep it remote. Keep it I'm sorry, keep it keep it um, checked in, in, tied to tech and not um, and not make a lot of copies. Our our copy and and between our, our copy clerk our our. Um, our um, copier and paper. We're, we, I mean, we can we could we can definitely do a lot more with the hundred thousand dollars or so we're paying for those, those services. It'd be much easier to be able to um, um, you know, apply those in ways that are meaningful to students in the classroom, as, and you know, put a piece of technology in your hand instead of uh, instead of just always giving you worksheets. Because that's really, again, it, it's more to me. It's busy work. To me, it, it's it's um, it's something that that is not a genuine. Um, it's not honoring you as, as somebody who knows how to do something. It's basically saying, do, do this repetitive stuff one more time. And that's not necessarily a good example of learning. And that's a hard thing, again, it's a hard thing for people to grasp because that's what I was taught when I was in the credentialing program as a teacher. I mean, we were taught to assess on paper and, and, and you know, use your curriculum and all the different things. And I think it's, it's, that learning is a lot more dynamic than that, especially with all the tools we have now. Right. And like, um, like you were saying earlier, like the whole aspect with like teachers, of course, using good formative and all these other like tools that we have right now like overall like from a student's perspective at least I see it's a whole lot more efficient and also like as opposed to like just taking pictures on my phone and, like uploading to Google Classroom mm -hmm. like I think like the whole online system even if I were to be a hybrid student it's a whole lot like easier overall like budget aside it's everything's easier and like a whole lot more efficient mm -hmm because yeah. it's just automated, like it automatically grades my test, automatically grades my uh, homework and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if uh, right now, like, is that like budget that usually goes to like copying and printing and all that mm -hmm. stuff, is that like being applied right now? Like, are we allowed to ask that question? That's, that's fine. I mean, I know, cause I'm, I'm very transparent. Basically we've been able to purchase a lot of things for, um, for, for teachers. I mean, we have, like we've had teachers who who feel very passionate about a particular um, program? Like you know, we have we have teachers in world language that love um, that love um, that love Quizlet, and so you know, and so that and that, that comes at a cost. Um, other teachers are looking for other pieces of, of of software that that the district isn't providing, and so as a result, you know, what and that might have Quizlet ran a thing, but I think it was a couple thousand dollars for a site license, and they only do site licenses. So I think that that. Given teachers the tools, and then we, and then this is kind of an anomaly year because we do have, because we're not spending money on copying, we can, we, we say, oh wow, we can try all these different things, but you got to scale it. If it's one teacher, we'll buy one license. If it's, if it's, if it's, you know, 50 teachers, we'll buy a site license. But basically, it comes down to is, is that we want to be able to budget money accordingly. So when we, when we do come to a more normal situation, we look at the things that were working and the things that we really got a lot out of, and we'll go ahead and continue those subscriptions to those particular programs. And so. That's again. They're just tools, and 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 I think it's very important that. And this is actually a, a trap when we talk. We go back to the worksheet conversation. Is that sometimes the curriculum because curriculum is a tool, not a strategy. It's basically this is a tool to get me to these goals I want my students to be able to do. And if that tool doesn't, doesn't have, there's not a strategy to connect it to, then it, then it, it's just, you're just kind of doing something. You're not really doing anything to get necessarily maybe get to the objective by accident. But I think that likewise with technology. If we're going to use things that you know assessments or or um, or um, or you know some some collaborative writing tools or, or or providing online reading or things like that, those are all things that are are tools. But what are the strategies that connect it to what we're trying to accomplish? And those are and those are things that are really hard for teachers who are you know, again they're trying to, this, this year they're developing curriculum. Next year maybe have to go further on those on those on those conversations as to 
what are your goals now? Now we've gone through this year, looking back, what worked, what didn't, what, what, what's, what's getting our students where they need to, keep, need to get and so on. And there's a lot of questions we're gonna be answering as we progress through the rest of this year. Right, so this year is kind of working more or less as an experiment for years to come with- I mean, oh, I got it. I mean, it's a forced shift. It's a forced shift. shift. So, so basically is, is that we have to head a transition and you know, one of the things that I, I always, I, I remember distinctly being at a workshop where um, I, I, the presenter said, as soon as a lesson goes into a file, it goes into a middle folder and into a, a file cabinet, then it's come institutionalized. So basically what you're doing as a teacher, you're pulling it out, you're teaching, it, you may make some changes, like changes to it, but essentially you're using that, you're using that unit or that lesson every year for the next 30 years. And so all of a sudden we had to make the shift where all those, those things that were institutionalized in that file cabinet now have turned around and they have, to, they have to be applied online and everybody had to kind of scramble to learn, okay, well, how do I, how do I make this work? What if this doesn't work? This requires you to be in person. How is this going to work on Zoom? Or how is this, how is this going to work when students are submitting things electronically? So the thinking had to change. And that was really, and that's a huge shift because now I don't think we're going to waste that, waste that thinking on, on old ideas if we move, if we move into a, um, once we move back into kind of a more normal situation, we need to take those ideas and continue to, in, continue to innovate and develop next practices, not just, Go back to the old ones. So, yeah. So okay. So schools really are like moving forward and trying to find mm -hmm. new ways to make education work, right? But like, there are some smaller things that that I don't think people really consider often. I was wondering what what the school was planning on doing if too many people wanted to uh, go back to school and choose hybrid. Well, again, then we again we have to we're limited. So basically. You know, we, if, if we had a huge influx of people, we'd have to recalibrate. But right now, you know, looking at looking at the district-wide data, and, and our, our our data reflects the district. We're looking at right around just over 70% of our students want to remain remote, and so we're not talking about a, a huge population of our of our student body right now returning to school. And with with the purple tier, uh, you know, that shift. You know, even though you know we, we can proceed as planned, I anticipate we're going to have people asking for, uh, for changes too. Because we have that we have the wait list, and and, and we're going to try to honor most 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 of these these requests best we can. So, big picture, you know, um, you can kind of I mean, in a way, you know, I was it, I was kind of I kind of I was thinking about kind of predicting it because I thought that the people were the people that I was talking to, the parents and the students, people were still just not they had a lot of doubt, and and they expected that. Once you get to winter and you have flu season start, you know you have flu and COVID season, and everything else that that every sniffle becomes a concern. And so I think that uh, people made that decision, and 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 our data reflects that. Right. And what kind of like struggles or difficulties have you and like the rest of the school board faced, like in trying to adapt to fitting both of these programs at once? Well, I, I think we're we're, we're going to take two different views. We're like we're like I represent the boots on the ground, <laughs> so I think that that more than everything else is keeping keeping people's spirits up. The fact that we're doing we're doing innovative stuff. I mean, everyone's tired. Students are tired. Um, teachers are tired, and we're all doing something different. And so, really, you know, keeping keeping people really valuing people. I mean, I'm finding myself. I mean, it, it is one thing that it's great to have Zoom conversation. I, it's, I love it. It's and it's also nice to pick up the phone and, and it's nice to have, a, have an in-person conversation with people occasionally. But basically, I think that, that really having that face-to-face -face contact is really important because I, there's so many emails flying around and people get so put, put out and it's really, it, it, it causes, it causes, emails cause this reaction sometimes that, that make it a little more impersonal. So I think, how do you make this more personal? And so that's really what my aim is, is, is 
just I know that um, that Ms. Ms. Gillis has this blooms. She always puts blooms before Matt. Sorry, Maslow before bloom as, as part of her, her one of her one of her um, her um, her statement she makes all the time. The idea that we got to feel good first before we can learn anything, and so um, so that safety factor and and making sure people are feel, are feeling acknowledged and valued. That has been my big push, and 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 also getting, also but also understanding that people need to move. So the combination of safety and movement. Now the board, they're talking about 30,000 feet and they have to make some real decisions based upon what county health is saying, advice from our superintendent. And then mind you that we have a shift in superintendencies as well. You have, you have you know, Mr. Schmidt retiring and, then you, and, 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 you have Dr., and you have Dr. Malloy, you know, coming in. And so it's almost like, you know, where, you know it's like, here's, you know, here's, your, here's, your, here's your halibut, start, start filleting. <laughs> it's like this big old problem that, 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 uh, that, that Mr. Schmidt handed off to Dr. Malloy. And, and I think that there's, there's that relationship piece on, on Dr. Malloy's, um, from his standpoint too, that how does he build in those relationships with other, with the people around him and, and how does he really figure out, you know, who the, who the um, you know, where, where the assets are, how, how to get the support, how to keep them, how to get people to get all the faith in him as, as a leader of our district. So there's a lot of, lot of factors. And, and, and like I said earlier, I mean, my, my brain feels like it's going to explode sometimes. I feel like I, I mean, I just got done with an AP test or a, or a, or a, you know, any type of anything else. Like when you, if you've ever had that feeling where you think every every synapse in your brain is fired, I get that a lot recently. And so I'm actually looking forward to taking a few days off through Thanksgiving because it's been a lot, and every day it's something else. Um. So one of our actually, I want before I talk about a question that our viewers had. I wanted to um, bring up something that I was considering while uh, making the decision about whether I wanted to go back. So I was wondering like how, how well COVID regulations could be enforced. And I saw like the, the news that the school released about how they were planning on doing that. But I also, <laughs> I, um, I saw messages sent by parents of people who are planning to go back mm. that were strongly against, you know, like separating everyone because they really wanted more personal connections. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to that? Well, again, I think everybody needs to get, find that balance. And so, I, I mean, I, 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 my job is to provide both, both, both systems. And so I want to make it as engaging as possible for every student. And, and so when I was asked a similar question at one of the parent meetings, and I went back to safety, that, that, and I really took that out off of a town hall that, um, that Dr. Malloy had, had, had stated as well. That first off is what makes your child feel safe? What makes, your, what makes you feel as if you are, um, you are um, you're gonna feel that you're gonna thrive? Because as I said, you can't, you, can't, um, um, you can't learn if you don't feel safe. You can't learn if you're not in a comfortable situation. And so you gotta find that balance. And if you feel that that, that connection with your teacher is, 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 has that value and the connection with your friends has that value, then, then by and large, you need to make that step. But the other hand is, is that if you're concerned about that and you feel that you're, you can make connect, you're, you're, do, you're doing well and you're making connections, then yeah, then, then you need to take that choice, make that choice as well. Cause I know a lot of students are meeting each other after school, whether off campus or we have the on campus things going on. There's, there's things out there that people can be doing. So again, I'm, I, I, I am being, I try to be very neutral here because I don't want to make anybody feel as if they're making the wrong choice or, 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 or I think it'd be insincere if I were to say, Hey, I prefer, I prefer this over that because then, you know, then I might, I might influence somebody. It has to be a, a, a choice. You just sit down with your family and have a conversation of what's important to you. Right. And another thing, and I'm again, not sure how far deep we're allowed to go with this, but like, do you happen to know like the grade trends compared 
like now compared to like previous mm -hmm. in person? Yeah, actually, like I go back to a lot of students struggling that we have that we have we have an uptick in D's and F's. Um, a lot of and as I mentioned, there's a lot of students who are really struggling and. And then, and then at midterm, you know, I thought that here we get here we get to quarter, and we had these high numbers. I thought, oh, oh my gosh, we're, we have all these interventions in place. Let's, I bet we're going to see those numbers go down. They actually stayed the same, and actually went up a little bit. So, um, so my question is, is that is to staff now is is what is that support class? That support class for students who are utilizing it is working really well. The problem is not everybody's utilizing it, and oftentimes the students who need it the most aren't accessing. So. That's a, that's the problem. There's an issue with um, with um, with teachers. Um, you know, are, are they giving the normal amount of work as opposed to you know kind of figuring out that, you know, how much screen time we're putting in front of students? You know, that 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 if I'm teaching the whole 80 minute period, then and I'm turning around and giving you another 30 minutes of homework or an hour of homework that you're online again, what am I really doing to students? So there's there's some questions that we need to answer. And then likewise for students going into the hybrid. If you're going to come to school, you better be doing something worthwhile. You, it, it's not there to, to take a test. You got, you're going to have to use it as a time to, to do something in depth where you have an opportunity to socialize and, and, and do, do a group project or something that's going to involve face-to-face -face contact, not necessarily something that's just going to be pencil and paper where you're just kind of producing something that's for the teacher, you know, from that standpoint. There's got to be some, there's got to be some, there's got to be some more, a little more in-depth conversation. There's also for the teacher, but I think in a different way. So there's a, there's just a lot of nuances that that, that have have, that have um, contributed to some students doing quite well and some students really struggling. And um, speaking of tests, uh, one of our viewers is wondering how mm -hmm. testing is going to be run in terms of like concerns about cheating and then mm -hmm. people like t t testing on different days. Yeah, I, again, I think that that that's a, that's a great question. I think that teachers need to figure out how they're going to do assessments. My my personal thing is is that is is if a student can Google it, you shouldn't be give, asking that question. So essentially, create something that actually measures students' mastery of a, of a, of a concept. Um, but it goes back if, if a student's hybrid and you're testing on different days, is that is that part of that asynchronous work that you're asking them to do, or are you are you? Again, I don't want students being simply going through tests when they're when they're there in person. So so I think that that we're working hard on our with our teachers to ensure that. It's not going to be something. The tests aren't just again just your run-of-the-mill tests where people are just producing something that 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 gives feedback, but not necessarily meaningful feedback. Um, I think that there's a component with testing that um, that teachers are very concerned about uh, cheating, obviously. But again, then change the way you test, and that's and 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 change the way you assess. There's just so many other ways to ensure that students are are demonstrating what they know. Okay, so you've given oh, us. Sorry. It, it, it seemed like the appropriate answer, <laughs> yes. Um, so you've told us about how you've been answering these questions all the time and it's like stressful to keep thinking about it. So I wanted to close with a okay. super chill question. Okay, all right, love super chill. Yeah, so Thanksgiving is coming up mm -hmm. and uh, everything's changing, but pie is not changing. Mm -hmm. so. Do you have a favorite pie or food to enjoy at Thanksgiving? Oh, it's like it's like I, I'm like one of the people who loves all things all things Thanksgiving. I mean, I mean, I was uh, my 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 sister. I was, I was talking to her this morning, and she's she doesn't like turkey. She's having chicken, and that's like the most sacrilegious thing. It's like you can't have chicken on you can't have chicken on, on Thanksgiving. But anyway, there's but there's some things like for example for pies. I mean, my my wife makes absolutely kick butt apple pie. Just you run the mill apple pie, but she uses a combination of different apples, and she it, it's not overly sweet. So that's awesome. I love, I love it. I love, I, I, I have a, 
I have a Weber barbecue and I, and I smoke my turkey. So, and so that's, and I've learned that over the years, every year gets a little bit better. So I just, so the turkey, turkey is awesome. And it always is something that comes out that has a little smoke too, as well. Again, it's like, it's, 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 it's my favorite holiday. And I, have, and, 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 you know, because I'm not young anymore, I have to pace myself. Cause when I was, you know, when I was, when I was in my college in my twenties and high school and such, you know, I can come home and I can eat a whole bunch and, and, and I, I'd, I'd run it all off. I can't do that anymore. So I have to pace myself out a little more and just enjoy things in smaller, smaller quantities. But it's good stuff. It, 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 it's one of my favorite. It, it might be my favorite holiday. So, yeah. So that's that's my take on that. I love the food too. Pumpkin pie is my <laughs> yeah. personal favorite. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, apple, pie. apple. Yeah. Everyone. Oh my gosh. No one realizes how glorious pumpkin pie is. The pumpkin pie is awesome. And you know what's good too? Pecan pie is good too. But the problem is, is that it, I got it so sweet it actually hurts your teeth sometimes. That's so, but so like, I can take a sliver of pecan pie. I can eat pumpkin pie too. Like, that's another that's another favorite. But again, I just like that. There's, there's that what, that my wife. I don't, I don't know what she does, but she but other than there's a combination of apples. But those those not the apple pie is is is, is absolutely killer. Oh, well, I think that's all the questions we have okay. for today. Thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Thank you. So my much. pleasure. Anytime. I mean, I'd love to be on again. Thank you so much for taking time with me as well. I mean, I hope I didn't get too technical, but again, it's just, it's, and I really appreciate what you're doing. This is, this is, this is what it's all about. And you have the time to do this and it's something you're passionate about. And I hope, hope you guys are, you, know, you guys go national real soon. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Have a great Thank Thanksgiving. You. Happy you holidays. Too. Thank you.